biggest piece of medicine they need. Just remix. Now drop, now drop, now drop, now drop, now drop. That's the remix, fam. Scary V. Remix. Next big thing, get on it now. Appreciate that, brother. Thanks for everything. Medicine Remixed on no other place but here on Anchor. Support for today's Medicine Remix show is brought to you by Flexedrin. Do you know people that just can't stop flexing? Can't stop and won't stop faking the funk? Or acting like their shit just don't stink? If so, you might want to holler at some Flexedrin. Only Flexedrin can stop those unforgettable headaches you get from hearing both humble and not-so-humble brags. Flexedrin can also relieve that very specific pain one gets from rolling their eyes after scrolling through a sea of social media stunting on his or her news feeds. And it even has the power to soothe the nausea and or indigestion one may feel from witnessing the very worst forms of people compensating for their own insecurities. Flexedrin your way out of any flex zone. Flexedrin is now available in an extended release formula for up to 12 hours of that good flex zone defense. Now, back to a certified no flex zone on Medicine Remixed, only on Anchor. Medicine Remixed on no other place but here on Anchor. Yo, let me tell you something. This station is dope. It's Eddie Truck Gordon, UFC Ultimate Fighter Champ, New York Emmy Award winning fighter. You know, best-selling author, forever trucking, master in the world to win. And after listening to your radio station, I am super pumped to make mine as dope as yours. God bless, guys. Have a good one. A lot of people say, oh, I just want to sort of, they kind of, they're kind of dabbling in the idea of improving themselves. And the real way to do it is you got to write down what the fuck you want and then go after it. Because otherwise you live in sort of a wishy-washy world. You know, if you decide, I'm going to get down to, bang, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run a marathon in less than five hours. I'm going to, you know, whatever the fuck it is, you got to write that shit down and go for it. What I tell people is the best advice that I, I've ever heard the best advice I ever came up with is that live your life like you're the hero in your movie. And right now is when the fucking movie starts and your life is a shitbag disaster like every fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he wakes up and makes a blender full of pizza and ice cream and that's what he, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those guys were like on the brink, they put the gun in their mouth and they put it down because they see a photo of their daughter. Pretend that's you. Pretend you are, uh, right now, you're in the part of the movie that starts and it shows you as a fucking loser. And just decide not to be a loser anymore. Live your life like there's a documentary crew following you around and you are analyzing your own behavior. Do what you would want to do so that your kids one day would look back at it and, and, and see that documentary and look on it with pride. Like, wow, my dad was a bad motherfucker. He really did what he had to do. 
wow, my mom really got her shit together. I love a success story, but even more than a success story, I like a dude who fucks his life up and then gets it back together again story. Those are my favorite stories. And the way to do that, you gotta write shit down. You gotta think that you are the hero in your own fucking movie, and then you gotta sit down and you gotta write shit down. Write down what you need to do. Most people play the role of the victim in the movie, right? Sure. Yeah, this life is fucking me over, man. I could have had this, and I should have had that. And why does this guy get that? And why does that guy get this? And all things that are completely unrelated to you. Yeah. All things that you, you find other people's success is a, a, a downfall in your own existence. Instead of being inspired, instead of choosing to be positive, instead of like improving constantly on, on the direction of trying to achieve whatever the fuck you have written down, you just sit around and spiral. You know, there's nothing more miserable than sitting around someone that's fucking complaining all the time. It is one of the most annoying things ever. Everybody hates it. When someone just sits around and they complain about their life and they don't do jack shit about it. And you tiptoe around it. You don't know what to say. Well, she gets upset when you bring that up. I don't want to bring that up. And you want to go, you fucking crazy bitch. You know what's wrong with your life. Stop, stop announcing it to everybody else and go out and fix that shit. And it's tough love. You Tough know, I, love is what everybody needs, absolutely. me included. that I like to interpret Joe Rogan's advice of being the hero of your own story and you know writing those goals to become the person that you want to be and to change your life is that you know he recommends writing down goals that you want to achieve and writing them down and how writing them down is super important because it kind of solidifies them and I agree it's super important when you write them down you're more likely to remember it you're more committed to it just because like just through the simple act of writing it down but I, what I find is even more effective is writing your story of you up until now and the challenges that you're facing in your life so whether it's financial or whether it's diet and weight or whether it's relationships or trying to find love write the challenges that have been coming you know you've been coming across and the biggest obstacles that you're facing but rewrite your story as to how you're going to overcome these challenges and write it with a happy ending and try to fulfill that vision as best as you can that way it makes it more linear and it kind of gives you a better guideline than just trying to achieve or reach for that goal Everything has just been like a whirlwind and I can't believe this year is almost over. It just seems like every year is just going faster and faster, which is just viscerally why I'm just like, I gotta double down right now and like just go after the shit that I really want to do in my life and like, you know, what I want to spend my time doing and building something and just clearly defining what we're trying to do with this, what the goals are, how are we gonna, you know, sustain, you know, whether you're a nonprofit, charity organization, or a corporation, if you're not making money, it's, you know, that's the blood supply. So how are we gonna do that? So there's kind of a lot of learning going on, but because of how ridiculous the schedule was in residency, you know, working sometimes 100 plus hours regularly, and that's like waking hours, not, you know, like taking naps, like yeah. you're there, but really, being in the thick of it two years ago, like I was right at that cusp of being between a junior resident and a senior resident and kind of having to, you know, 
navigate through that and ultimately just really defining my own you know narrative of like why am I here why am I doing this and why am I still having that feeling of like I really just don't belong here because like when I look around and it's not everybody I think a, a lot of people it's not like a unique feeling I think a lot of people like kid themselves as far as you know the reasons for why they're doing something and and really trying to tell themselves that they're doing the thing that they want to be doing when in reality it's either the wrong reason or for somebody else or because of somebody else's opinion you know things like that mm. so in any case I was just like looking around at the people that are just pumped about going to work every day and just a very basic level you know 31 years of my life watching my dad yeah. it wouldn't have mattered like what he did necessarily like I just wanted to have that feeling of like just being excited to like go after it day after day after day which is why you know I wanted to take over the family business you know this was like in high school and I was like ah, I don't need to go to college and blah 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 but what they wanted my narrative to be was very different and all of this gratitude this extreme of, of gratitude I guess like transformed into into guilt I feel like I did not have to struggle for a thing in my life everything has right. just been given to me on a silver platter from the, the get-go basically but seeing my dad in those very early years you know watching him move on up essentially and really kind of solidifying that narrative of like a self-made man and build something from nothing and all the sacrifices and you know this this and that and just feeling like the only way there's no amount of money or anything that like I could ever give him to just be like thank you but like the only thing yeah. that I saw both yeah. him and my mom wanted so bad you know their right. I guess like validation or whatever it was that you know they did all right they did what they were supposed to do mm -hmm. I, I went down the exact path and at every step of it I was just like oh this is not really the thing that gets me most excited you know mm -hmm. I'll say this orthopedics is definitely the most exciting thing that I could be doing in medicine given the choice but just medicine in itself at least not yet to this point have I felt like this is what I was meant to do I just wanted to do it so the thing itself yeah. I never really felt like that like you know I've seen some of my colleagues that like after like a 36 hour shift will stay to do a case just because that's how much they wanted to learn how to do it and get better at it I was just like I'm fucking going to sleep like no way no yeah. thanks but like there were other things in my life whether it was DJing a party for like eight straight hours like I'll be able to do that you know for free but uh, right. I really had to make a decision it was basically just accepted that everybody did a fellowship after residency and I just felt like if I did not break the pattern it was never going to end I just really had to figure out what the fuck I was going to do right. so ultimately where I'm at now is so I graduated a few months ago thankfully mm -hmm. and yeah, um, exactly. I thank you and have been getting credentialed and licensed for welcome tenants have you ever heard of that term no Today's doctionary term is locum tenens. Locum tenens, a professional person such as a doctor who temporarily fulfills the duties of another. Are you familiar with the phrases temporary work and temp agency? Uh, oh, Joel, let me introduce you to the new temps here. If you've ever seen fireworks tents go up a week before Independence Day, it's likely that many people working that tent were hired through a temp agency for those seven days. Oh! 
Okay. You might be familiar with or have heard advertisements for Manpower and for Kelly Services, two of the largest temporary staffing agencies in the United States. So-called commercial staffing companies that mainly provide staffing services for office, data entry, clerical, and administrative support workers. However, Kelly Services is trying to transform itself from a commercial staffing play that provides companies with relatively unskilled workers into more of a higher margin professional and technical staffing plan. Well, it turns out that doctors, too, can offer their services as part of a temporary labor pool. At any given time, the medical field must fill needs for temporary physician work. Real life. Demands exist because of understaffing, vacations, retirements, vacancies, and upsurges in demand for medical care. Whoa. The solution to this demand is our doctrinary term, locum tenens. A locum tenens simply is a physician hired to fill a temporary need. Locum tenens. Derives from the Latin roots locus, which means place, and tener, which means to hold or to occupy. So a locum tenens doctor holds or occupies the place of another. You can think of a locum tenens doctor as a substitute. I'm going to play a wonderful game called Who is my daddy? Or as a fill-in. What does he do? Today, locums are a hot commodity. It's so hot right now. The U.S. has a shortage of physicians in various clinical situations. Physicians taking on locums assignments see various settings such as Native American reservations, rural family health clinics, with refugees, surgery stints in large cities, and in both public and private healthcare settings. I like this right here. Locums can be a nice way for a doctor to travel the country, especially if that doctor is young and unmarried or is an empty nester. It's also a nice way for a doctor to broaden the range of patients uh, with whom he or she works. Uh -huh. Since the beginning of this new century, demand for locum physicians has led to a doubling of doctors in locums work, or about 50,000 doctors. Whoa. And as with temp agencies who staff fireworks tents a week before Independence Day, locum tenens firms are intermediaries connecting medical employers with medical doctors. The need for locums doctors continues to soar, so these headhunter firms compete aggressively for services of doctors willing to accept short-term assignments. Whoa. Multiple benefits drive physicians who work locums assignments. One benefit is that overhead and malpractice insurance are taken care of. Another benefit is that daily pay is higher. This higher daily pay makes up for downtimes between assignments, uh, and it makes possible these downtimes. Once a physician accrues a high enough income from a locum's assignment, he or she then can ride out the downtime while pursuing hobbies and other interests. Medicine remix. Baby, baby. There are a couple downsides to locum tenens assignments. One of those is travel, only if one isn't too keen on traveling away from home. Another one. Another downside is working short stints if one instead prefers to form long-term bonds with patients and colleagues. Last year, over 90% of hospitals worked with locums physicians, and the use of locums is expected to double over the next decade. I don't know how to put this, but kind of a big deal. With today's Doctionary Turn, I'm Big H, and you're listening to your one and only source for medicine mixed with news and pop culture right here on Medicine Remix. Check it out, you never even next to the definition. They were.
it's not very well known, but I feel like it's going to get more popular in medicine and it's been around forever and ever. But essentially, you're like a freelance doctor. You're like a, you know, contracted oh. physician or provider where, you know, you kind of set your own hours. There's obviously a huge mismatch in our favor as far as the supply and demand of needing um, various subspecialties in medicine, especially like the surgical subspecialties. You know, I did mm -hmm. go through this training and I'm a trained orthopedic surgeon. Mm -hmm. So I understand the practicality of A, just living and surviving and, you know, like paying bills and things like that. So I'm trying to be like a practical dreamer, you know, except like right. to my advantage, I don't have to like hustle at like, I don't know, mopping floors or working at Starbucks or, you know, any number of day job hustles. So like this is kind of like a perfect like avenue for me because, you know, I could work like, you know, a week a month if I want, two, two weeks a month and they pay wow. like insanely well because they just yeah. need people to, you know, cover call and things like that. So, yeah. So that's essentially what I'm doing now. I'm doing my first week of call in uh, Nebraska, uh, which I never thought I would ever say, it, but it's, you know, it's just yeah. for a week. So it's okay. just like, all right, you know, at first I was just like, oh my God, I don't know about this. But then I was just like, listen, there's probably no other reason I would ever go to Nebraska. And this was, right. this is just like interesting, especially as far as producing content and spend any free time learning the skills necessary to like make this happen and develop a brand. Medicine Remix. Yeah, I've been working here about four years now. I work with the talent. My job is to get them set up and paid. Holla! <laughs> I tell them to call me their agent because that's basically what I am. George, my man, what's shaking? <laughs> I hear you. All right, listen, listen, pull up your depends. I got some good news for you. We are going to close that deal to put you in LA. That's right, baby. Hollywood, Hollywood, always up to no good. Englewood, Englewood, always up to no good. Even Hollywood trying to get a piece, baby. <laughs> Georgie, Georgie. Neurologist, radiologist, anesthesiologist. I mean, you name them, I hook them up. So yesterday, I put this colon rectal surgeon in Phoenix. Booyah. Dr. Curtis Knox. <laughs> all right, listen, listen, listen. Here's the deal, all right? Picture this. You know, watch, go ahead and close your eyes for a minute. Let's go ahead and close your eyes. The bright lights, Times Square. You, you taking care of business in a city that never sleeps. <laughs> you going to New York, baby. Uh-oh. <laughs> Thomas, I think there might be a miscommunication here. Um, I don't like the big cities. Kurt, Kurt, I feel you, bro. I feel you. And listen, listen, listen. NYC is a big city, but Manhattan is more like a community. Well, that's what I'm looking for more. I want to be a family doctor in a small town. You know, Manhattan is family. It is. I, do you know that that's why they put the Statue of Liberty there? To be that community's mama, keeping watch over her precious little family. <laughs> But, Thomas, I'm looking for land. Land where my kids can run around freely. Yeah, land. Look, look, what? <laughs> Let me drop this bomb on you, Dr. Curtis. 
Central Park is 843 acres for kids to run freely. Wait, wait, wait. Can you smell the trees? Can you hear the birds? These doctors have a choice. You go with the rest, or you go with the best. What would? I guess, yes, New York is just a bunch of small towns. say so it really wasn't anything compared to what residency was like uh, as far as the acuity like it was a level three trauma center i had never uh, i guess like actually been in a level three trauma center yeah. that i remember like i feel like all i've known for the past you know five years and even in medical school that was a level one trauma center too so like i i guess i didn't really have a concept of what a level three was like and yeah it's uh it's definitely different so i think uh like i was just on er call for the week yeah and um you know it was essentially just like a few phone calls here or there you know i had that one hip fracture hey old man river zip it or i'll break your head and then uh i had to go in one time to pop a guy's shoulder back in oh god oh oh, oh. That's it. other than that i had plenty of downtime i was like working on stuff and you know big age came through so we were like working on like a bunch of stuff medicine remix for anchor and just like playing stuff out and you know trying to get some lists together of people to interview and so it was cool like it was essentially like you know our uh much less glamorous version of recording in like a hotel studio you know <laughs> like you've heard, you know rappers that would do that uh, probably like a lot of really big songs were actually imported in hotel rooms for the first time yeah, yeah, like yeah. i'm sure you, you, you probably know yeah. better than uh, a lot less glamorous than even a hotel room man Real life. that was always yeah. the, the fun part to me like i don't know there was many uh, nights that not that we ever recorded like any fucking smash hits but i mean no. you know we'd be sitting around and i i like i'd imagine what it was like to be there when like Jimi hendrix was recording a track uh to change the landscape of music and it was just some people fucking around recording stuff uh -huh. and it was always fun to just kind of imagine like oh, let's just say whatever we were doing right now blew up and yeah. you had no idea like in the moment you were just making music that you liked and the shit just blew up like how crazy it is that something goes from like just a melody you have in your head you know you talk to some people you record some shit and then it turns out that somebody actually likes it and before you know it everybody likes it it seems so easy and it seems so like I don't know like even the like you being aware of like hip-hop artists doing that just recording some in a hotel room it, it almost disrupts the joy of what you're doing yeah you know because you just you're just like oh man like we're just making some shit right now whatever uh -huh. happens to it happens to it uh -huh. that's kind of the space I've been finding myself in is just trying to you know just fucking just do it you know just don't worry about anything
<laughs> the story that I wanted to tell you what happened with uh, this patient in Nebraska last week. So first of all, the entire time I'm just traveling out there for this job, New York to Chicago, then Chicago to Iowa, and then Iowa to Nebraska. Oh, that was the trip. Maybe I shouldn't think like this, but this is how I do. And I'm just like, the way that it's going to play out is people are just going to get progressively more racist. Every stretch of this trip, uh, I was almost just like trying to anticipate the racism, uh, like a subtle, I would just progressively look around and there was like less and less minorities on every stretch. And that flight from Chicago to Iowa, oh my God, man, I was like a little bit terrified. But everybody was pretty nice the entire time, almost like suspiciously nice, but even in the hospital, like everybody was, was super, super nice. And everybody was white. Everybody. Every single person. Everybody. Everybody. And so I go to this patient's room. This dude, the first thing, no hi, no hello. Like, you know, I introduced, I introduced myself. Now I'm the orthopedic surgeon on call. Sorry to meet you guys in here. And he goes, uh, you forgot to wash your face. That's quite racialist, to be honest. I was like, <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> it's like, I've, I've been waiting for you. Like, and it's, like, mind you, it's the patient who's, yeah. who's demented, but. Hey, old man river, zip it or I'll break your head. The part that struck me more than that, because like, you know, I kind of assessed the situation and I tried to just play it off. I was like, yeah, it's been a long day. I haven't had time. I'm gonna need to wash my face. I can try to like, you yeah. know, like play it off like that. Even though inside I was like, that was some racist shit right there. Yeah. Damn, that was racist. That was racist. So I'm just like, all right, like I'm trying to get this, uh, get this going. And um, the son and like the daughter-in-law are there. And like normally I feel like if you know my parents say something like weird, I would just be like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like if they said something like that, uh, nothing, man. Seriously? Nothing. <laughs> like they were, <laughs> and I was just like, I was like. They probably just didn't think that whatever was just said was any wrong. I was like, is this patient even demented? Is this like, you know, like, I was like, oh my goodness. So anyway, I'm explaining what's about to happen. You know, part of it too might have been just like, you know, they were just giving them the benefit of the doubt. My dad's hip broken and he could die. He was like a, you know, high risk patient. Oh, with, uh, a bunch of cardiac issues. Might have been an element of that, you know, give, give them the benefit of the doubt. But like, as we're getting ready to wrap up and everything, he goes, he goes, you know, even though you're a person of color, um, you've been very kind to me. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I am not, I am not fucking lying, man. Wow. It's just that right. And literally, literally the first thing that I thought after he said that was, yo, I can't wait to talk about this on Medicine Reader. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, this, Medicine I was like, this shit just wrote itself. Worst. This was like, uh. you know, the dark version of Scrubs, <laughs> like pun intended. <laughs> And that one's racist. This is oh, real life. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Taste of your own medicine. Remixed. Doctor. Medicine Remix is a great station because you guys just cover the full gamut of human persona, the human flight. A station that I really respect, Medicine Remix, has spent a number of days 
talking about suicide, suicide awareness, prevention, the stress of being doctors, and the number of medical professionals who commit suicide every year. I want to take a little bit to echo some of their segments because I think they were really powerful. Awesome piece on trauma and bullet wounds and the history and the impact. Just great. Great, great, great stuff. More, more of that stuff. Edison Remix, thank you so much for doing this segment. Uh-huh. It's needed. I don't think we talk enough about race in an honest way. Uh-huh. I just, I just am utterly flabbergasted by someone who would put skin color or race or religion or orientation, anything above the wellness of their kids. Real life. I've had many amazing doctors in my time. Every race, every skin color, every religion of doctor look after me. And I'm just grateful that we have doctors in the first place. They have to study for such a long time, Uh, to have to put up with that. What can we do to change people? Medicine Remix. To get them to understand this is not okay. Hello, people at Medicine Remix. I just downloaded Anchor a few minutes ago. Your station was one of the ones that like really caught my attention. The whole uh, laugh. Number one is laugh. (laughs) Very funny for me. You should laugh every day. Totally cracked me up. Think. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. Another interesting connection, there's so many connections. Another interesting connection is how Charlie Murphy was a bodyguard for Eddie Murphy. Started rolling with my brother. I was doing security. I was in charge of security back then. And ironically, as you described leukemia, perhaps intentionally, the white blood cells are basically the bodyguard of the body. The role that he played so well is the role that was kind of lacking within his physical body. Wow. That symbolism there is powerful. And number three is you should have your emotions move to tears. Could be happiness or joy. I was having a super shitty night and, well, you guys made it better. Thanks. Think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. You do that seven days a week, you're going to have something special. Medicine Remix. That was really good. It took me a minute. I had to recompose myself after listening to those segments. It means a ton that you would take that time to devote to. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say is thank you. Uh-huh. I really do appreciate the work you guys are doing. And Thanks so much for lifting our spirits out here. This is a great medium, and you guys are definitely doing it and doing it and doing it well. Yeah! And I started singing, doing it and doing it and doing it right out. And then I come listen to your station but on the same page. Come on now, come on now. Karma's working up in here, baby. LL and everything. I'm like, shut up, shut up. I've only been on here like seven days, and when I first saw the app, that's what brought me to see it this station that it was showing and I had to listen to it you know because I'm curious and so I start listening to it and it's like this content was so good oh this is so good it was so creative I thought it was like a sample I thought they were just kind of using it to kind of show what you could do I didn't know it was like real and then all of a sudden I started realizing I'm like oh no this is all real so yeah I love your creative content I love the way it's composed the way you put it together it's good so thanks so much looking forward to hearing more hey guys you've heard me say this before I just can't help but to say it again you guys guys are my favorite purveyors and disseminators of positivity. Positivity is a metaphor worth taking as far as it can go. You know, it blows my mind that you take the time to put up the meaningful content that you do. And then on top 
of it, you respond to your listeners. Do people understand how badass that is? <laughs> Medicine remixed all the way. Baby. Hey, D. Hey, Reese. Just a quick one to say. Really, really like your new drop. Brilliant. Great track. Great feedback from everyone. Awesome. 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 Continue as you are. Yeah. You, you guys send out prescriptions of life. And what I love about you guys' show, Medicine Remix, is the fact that you guys will take a hip-hop quote, put it into a prescription formula uh. because people need to know how to live. And you guys eloquently display artwork in the form of rap, hip-hop, into a sort of like, you know, pseudo Pfizer. And I'm telling you, these could be your side effects. If you don't check yourself, you will wreck you. <laughs> Make the most of today. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Medicine Remixed. Only on Anchor.